Welcome to Participate. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Dr. Julie Kane. On this week's podcast, we'll talk about some of the exciting things going on at Participate with a few new communities joining us. We'll introduce a new segment on the podcast where I get Julie to go into the weeds about communities of practice. And our guest this episode is Switchpoint's Heather Lagarde. So, Julie, welcome. Hello. Hello. Communities are joining Participate kind of all the time, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, But we've had some pretty big folks um, come join us in the last little while, and we're really excited to talk about them. You know, and I wanted to highlight two in particular, the National Writing Project. Yippee. Which is a, a big deal. You can tell us a little bit about that. And then I'm going to share a little bit about the Sandbox game, a game design platform that wants to break into the education space. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about that. Yeah. Tell us about the National Writing Project and what they're planning on doing. Yeah. So this, of course, is so near and dear to my heart, our hearts. We've um, been kind of fans of the National Writing Project. I think if you're in the education space or you have been a teacher or no teachers, um, certainly National Writing Project is kind of a gold standard of professional learning. They have affiliates all over the U.S. Um, So just incredibly dynamic, deep professional learning that teachers engage with. But again, just like all other organizations that are really having to pivot their, you know, very intense, deep focus on face-to-face experiences. I think they'll hopefully get back to that, but right now really want to sort of expand online learning opportunities for teachers um, so that there's a lot of continuity in the work that they do. In particular, they've been working on a really big project over the last four years um, that's been funded by the Department of Education here in the U.S. on an innovation grant. It's focused on the college career and civic life. So um, our colleague, Don Labonte, is going to be working with their extraordinary team, really reimagining um, some of the professional development, what are the ongoing opportunities, how to really apply a community a practice approach to this specific initiative and we hope it grows from there that's awesome the sandbox is a game design platform they actually have like this really interesting connection with cryptocurrency yeah that's super interesting um but one of the things that they really want to do is encourage educators to use their service their engine to make games and, you know, so cool. one of the great things is that we know people that know how to do that. So yeah. so Steve Isaacs and I are, are going to work with the Sandbox to develop a curriculum uh, oh, for the Sandbox game. And the cool thing is we're going to do a biweekly live stream. So on twitch.tv slash inside participate, you'll be able to go and watch a biweekly live stream of Steve and I and probably a bunch of guests um, diving into the sandbox uh, and making games, making sprites and avatars and diving into animation in the platform. And then what's awesome is that you can then bring it all back to the community of practice on participate and talk about what you've done and how you've done it and what you're learning and ask questions. They're going to have their staff, their their team, the, the developers all in the community as well so that people can just dive into the sandbox game community on participate and, and ask questions and get feedback. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. That sounds awesome. So the, the live stream starts 
soon. By the time you're listening to this, we may have already done our first episode. Um, And then what you'll see is a teacher onboarding curriculum launching in the next month or so. And then you will see a full kind of high school curriculum aligned to ISTE standards launching over the next six months or so. So lots, lots going on on Participate. Um, That's really exciting. I feel like, to be honest, I'm starting off with a bit of a softball. So these will get harder as we go. But the first question is, Julie, what's the difference between a community of practice and a community? Because they're not the same thing. Well, Mike, they're not. And I'm so glad you asked that very good question. Because actually, if you just pause the podcast right now and replay what you how you describe the sandbox, you will answer your own question. Because the thing about the sandbox, how you described it is exactly what a community of practice is. Because I think, you know, communities, there's tons of social media platforms, ways to group people who have shared interests, right? And that's part of what a community of practice is. But the big difference is that P is the practice. So we generally will never sort of write about ourselves or what the platform can do just talking about communities. It's really about communities of practice, which means we are really, our goal and our partner's goal is to really bring people together for something, for a purpose, um, to practice together. And that could be around game design. So again, Sandbox was a perfect example. You're bringing folks in, particularly with a tool like Sandbox, where people can build things and make things and then share what they did. And then that iterates to creating even new knowledge, right? So it's all about, it's really built on that social learning framework where folks come together to learn together and there's not, it's not a top down, it's not a transmission. So we are again trying to do that Venn diagram of the community piece the learning piece, but really that shared practice. So I think the main difference there is just making sure that we're always adding that of practice part because it's really the practice that's the distinguishing feature. You're bringing people together for for a reason and it's usually to make stuff. I love this. I love the idea of there being the explicit purpose of improving people's practice, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. practice is. Um, that, That practice, one of the things that I like talking about lately is that that practice does not have to be education related. It it does not have to be about teachers or teaching or, you know, K-12 or higher ed, or it's, it's, it's really about improving what you're doing, whatever it is that you are doing. Yeah. And I think this is a important point, Mike, because I think even though I became first familiar with communities of practice in my research with K-12 U.S. educators, it's actually not an ingrained practice here. Mm-hmm. So folks know about it. I think people might call things communities of practice, but they're, it's not as utilized as it is in internationally and particularly with organizations. Like it really came out of workplace, really changing up the model of upskilling, right? So how do workers or folks in an organization like ours come together and like learn together and immediately put that stuff into practice? It's awesome. Understanding that expertise is sort of shared widely throughout an organization. And I think we're going to hear about that certainly when we talk to um, Heather Lagarde, because I think in healthcare, this is a very widely or tries to be a widely used practice. Right, exactly. So 
not an education company, not nope. an ed tech organization, not a K-12 nope. school. When nope. we come back, we will be talking to Heather Lagarde from Switchpoint. So stay with us. We're joined today by Heather Lagarde. Um, if there's been any sort of upside to our global pandemic experience the last 10 months, it's that we've been forced to reimagine things we've been doing for years, sometimes decades in person. And Switchpoint proves that this reimagining can happen for in-person events. And the result um, is a beautiful, diverse virtual experience. Through switching to a virtual setting, Switchpoint was able to reach a global audience and spark meaningful conversations in real time. Julie and I were thrilled to play a role in helping them pull it off, and we're excited to have Heather, the event organizer, join us now. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you so much, Mike and Julie. Thank you, Participate. So, Heather, Participate has been a longtime supporter of Switchpoint and the change you're all trying to create in the world. Um, but let's start out by giving our listeners a little bit of context. Um, what exactly is Switchpoint? What is your role? And can you tell us a little bit about the origins? Sure. So Switchpoint was started by Interhealth International. And that's a global health organization that works all over the world. And I've been really proud to be a part of that organization for our 16 years now. Um, and they really work on global health uh, equity and local capacity building all over the planet. Um, it's a great team of people. And about 10 years ago, they decided that they wanted to start something that would show off some of the innovators and collaborators and people that we admire around the world doing new entrepreneurial, innovative, and then just really wise, tried and trusted projects making a difference, but also to expand out of just global health and look for solutions in other industries, in the public sector, and in from everything from the arts to science to technology. And so we've, we've had this collision of ideas of really cool people that we seek out all year to come together normally at a conference that we run for three days to really share ideas and solutions, get to know each other and build teams of people who can make impact going forward. Yeah. In full disclosure, we've been together in life for like over 30 years. And I know that part of what we want to do with the podcast is really talk to community experts. And I, I really say this objectively, you are one of these people that really can bring these sort of diverse communities together in this sort of shared vision. Can you tell me a little bit even about IntraHealth and the idea of SwitchPoint and the sort of impact even on the work that they do? Um, because I know it was like a big change for them a little bit, just of bringing in all of these different people from different fields into the work that they do around public health. Absolutely. So IntraHealth has always had diverse partners all over the world and a really huge focus on local innovators, which is something I love about this organization. Um, projects in many different countries on many different subjects. But we we look at Switchpoint, I think, as as a way, like a cultivating force of nature, where we can also look forward into the future about what we think we'll need going ahead. And IntraHealth is always looking to the future. What are the next big innovations, the next big steps? How can we how can we support local innovation on the ground? Great ideas that are coming from the places where we're trying to get this work done. We have leadership office with field leaders that are from the countries where we work that are indigenous from those countries. So if paying attention to, to those kind of voices so on switch, at Switchpoint, you're going to see people from multiple countries at multiple levels of 
the sort of bureaucratic system. So, so really, you could have very young people, which we want to put their voices forward. You want to have innovators from a bunch of different fields coming forward. And our hope is that we can embed these people into the future work that we do or make sure that global health accurate messaging is embedded into the work that they do. We see the world as an interdis interdisciplinary growing uh, force. Obviously, all of us see this, how, how inter interlocked and interwoven we all are. And Switchpoint is really about, like, let's face this this plethora of great ideas and get these people together. And can you tell us also about the name? Switchpoint? Yeah. Oh, uh, we thought about a lot of names for it. It actually grew out of the fact that we had done some small gatherings that had worked really well. We did a TEDx that had too many people and TEDx has a capacity level on how many you're allowed to have. And we had too many come the first year. And so we thought, well, we, we, we love that. And that's been a wonderful um, engine for knowledge. And so total thanks to TEDx, but we thought Switchpoint would let us do it our way um, and let us expand out and have larger numbers of people coming because from the very front end, we had quite a large response to Switchpoint and continue to. Um, and so we just thought about the idea of bringing different points of view together and that changing the future trajectory. So Switchpoint, whether it's clear to people or not, is really about that concept where all these different points of view coming together and, and switching the future for a positive, a positive course collaboratively. I can see, Heather, that you're in the ballroom. Can you tell us a little bit about the physical location that you put Switchpoint in? You're sitting in the Hall River Ballroom. So can you give us like a two to three minute snapshot of the magic that is Saxapaha in North Carolina and the ballroom? Yes. So uh, like many Switchpoint people, I wear a lot of different hats. And I'm also one of the owners of this Haw River Ballroom, which is mostly a music venue in the middle of nowhere, we like to say. But really, we feel like it's the middle of everywhere, which is Saxapaha, North Carolina. And there's a population of less than 2,000 people here. Our Twitter followers and Facebook followers like multiply the people that have ever been in this, this little village. Um, but this is a 750-capacity music venue that national acts come through. But we also do... Um, we also do conferences here. So we, we decided that we honestly opened Switchpoint and the ballroom the same year. And my, my brain had to bring those things together to be able to, to do that work. And, and, and so we've donated the space to InterHealth every year to be a location for us to, to do this because we really wanted to get away from conferences at hotel ballrooms and that awful, like, sterile feeling of the conferences we've all been to a million times. The whole point of this is that we were going to do breakout sessions where you're on kayaks or you're literally doing water testing on a rock in the river. You're climbing up onto water towers. You're building pregnancy kits out of Legos in a puppet theater. I mean, the idea is like, let's get out of our boring boxes, which we're back trapped in again now with this. And we're trying to bust that open again. Let's get out of this. Let's get to know each other as humans. It feels like a camp. Some people call it a festival, not a conference. Um, it is serious, but it is also joyful and full of the arts and meant to make you both laugh and cry, but come away with this feeling of human people trying to make a difference. And the fact that we believe that every person has a voice, every person has a way, every person has an idea. And if we can come together and connect people there, you know, as, as in, across as many channels as possible, that we'll use the best ideas that each of us has to push things forward in a time now when we really must do that. 
So yes, the ballroom is our is a beloved hub for it, but Switchpoint has moved way beyond Saxabaha. Um, we now do it in places all over the world physically. We did until this year. We, we're starting to take it international. We've been to Rwanda. We did a huge one in Tokyo last year, which was really exciting. We've been to Ghana with it. Um, and I have to say at the Rwanda conference, which was a very fancy conference that we joined into, um, the, the plenary session, the first five speakers had all been in this ballroom in Saxabaha. And I just thought that's... That's just crazy. That's people's only American experience is this little mill village town in North Carolina <laughs> and a music venue. But but it has created friendships that last for us way beyond the conference. So over 10 years of speakers, and we usually have about 70 speakers a year, 700 or so speakers, we are still connected mm. to each other and trying to work on projects together, trying to help each other's messages move forward, find support, connect each other. So that's the goal. Awesome. So, Heather, you didn't have to go very far this year to develop an unconventional conference um, <laughs> because, I mean, frankly, you, you really had no choice. And we've been inspired to see, you know, how you adapted an in-person conference that was meant to be, you know, like you said, serious, but, you know, fun and, you know, have a little bit of even quirkiness and uh, but definitely talking about big issues and big problems. You've adapted that to an online setting um, and included so many voices from, frankly, all over the world online, which was amazing. Um, what advice do you have for people other than you're not going to get much sleep, probably? What <laughs> advice maybe do you have for those that might be looking to do the same as you did? I think it's to look for the weird advantages that you have now going online. And there are many, you know, we could one, I mean, we, it was the first time Switchpoint was free. That was a big deal. Um, the, the, that created a lot of funding challenges that we had to work around and make new partnerships to be able to, to cover it because we like to, you know, <laughs> cover the bills and pay artists and things like that. Um, so that's that's one thing. But I think for us, you know, we we originally put Switchpoint off by months. We we didn't think we could do it not in a physical realm because it's so deeply created and hand built to be interactive. Um, but after realizing that that was not a possibility for the long term future, we just had to um, break our rules again. And then, like I said, just the way we tried to bust up the boring conference way. We're now trying to explode Zoom and or anything we can. And thank gosh, we had switched. We had you guys that participate to help us. We could never have done it, really could never have done it without you guys and your advice and how we could pull this off using a million different platforms in a way that the user wouldn't have to experience. So, so the number one goal is try to make it the easiest possible for your attendee and your user and your conference speakers, but then do everything behind the scenes possible to make it be exciting and interesting. Um, and that for us, that did mean, honestly, pre-shooting a whole bunch of it, pre-recording almost all of it, because so many of our speakers were coming from Niger or Abu Dhabi, Kenya, Mexico. We, we just we had different time zone issues, but also just huge connectivity issues that we couldn't risk. So um, pre-recording the things that you're worried about is good advice. And then um, finding creative ways to make it still be interactive and hear the voices of other people. You, you have, we had breakout sessions. Sometimes people come to us in terms of we want it all done in one place and we know that we can't do that. Really understanding the affordances of different technologies, whether it's live streaming, whether it's using a, a platform like Zoom, whether it's using sort of pre-recorded pieces like this is, again, just being really nimble and being OK when things don't 
work all the time perfectly. And yeah. I think that that we've all learned that in the last um, six months. Yeah. You know, I think that's really critical. What has been the feedback? I'm curious, just in terms of Switchpoint, what do you think the sort of long-term impact has been kind of on what happened? Well, we, we were very afraid. <laughs> we were afraid people would see it and back away. But no, they, they did not. We actually have a whole bunch of them now lined up to do. The next one is with Development Alternatives International focused on women in Nigeria, Women for Health. That's going to be at the end of October or early November. We have another series coming up with the Global Fund and a lot of other people approaching us to do this because people want to get away from what we're all trapped in all day, which is these like Zoom meetings where your elbows are, are bruised because you're just sitting here. Part of our goal is to make these be physical, get away from screens and find ways to do that. And honestly, I think that always means getting really smart artists to join with you in your message to other people um, and be willing to, you know, just experiment as much as possible. Um, but yeah, we are, we are, people's reaction to this was very strong. I got some really beautiful letters and messages um, from, from many, many people who attended it around the world. And it meant so much to us to see that some of it was, was working. Some of our goal of what Switchpoint can be was working. And we also had lots of failures and mess ups and things that we will never do the same for the next one. And we'll learn each time. And that just always happens. So a lot of lessons learned. But fundamentally, we were thrilled that we could get a personal feeling of people's actual stories and voices sent out, beamed out into the world, back and forth from from a location with a lot of people being present for us in that conversation and not just feeling like a, a passive listener. Yeah, so that that's my next question, and I, I think Mike has this too. In terms of stringing these events together, like what do you what do you sort of hope for this almost the connective tissue between these events, and how you see that sort of going forward, and and also the labor of that. Uh, you know, what has become kind of a once a year conference. Talk about no sleep. Like you're now talking about, and and are they building? Do you see them as separate events? Um, are you hoping that people sort of come to all of them or some of them? How are you thinking about sort of that design? We just had a web meeting all morning to redesign the website to handle this. <laughs> and uh, so, no, we are looking at this as kind of a new channel of Switchpoint that we don't see stopping, even when we can come back to meeting in person. So this seems to be a really uh, a worthwhile and working new element of Switchpoint. And what we do love about it is that it, it gives so many more people access to it. And we didn't think we could do this online, which is why we haven't. But now we feel like, okay, we've, we found a way and we'll keep making that way better. So what we envision for the future is doing these probably about every six weeks wow. to two months with different partners. So that's a really aggressive agenda with a very tiny Wizard of Oz team doing this, but we're determined. And um, and with great partners involved, that, like you guys and the others who are joining in on this. Uh, that is what we're looking at probably every two months doing this. And then eventually when we get back to live switch points, keeping this as a channel going all year long. So it's, it is a lot of work. I mean, a three-day, normally it's a three-day conference with 72 speakers. This was a two-and-a-half-hour show with about 15 speakers. Um, and capacity-wise, I would say it took just as much work as the big one does right. to pull off for the first time. And it really did. So no, no lies about how much work it is to figure this out. But it will keep getting easier as we all figure this out. And as more techno technology tools are coming to the forefront that makes some of these things simpler. Um, but yeah, we, we look at this as a, as a new way of reaching people, and our goal is reaching people. I mean, it really, our goal is, is meaningful connection between people with good ideas for making a better world. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're really fortunate and so lucky to support um, Switchpoint with the community on Participate. Um, I think my colleague Jane is putting that in the, um, I know this is also going to turn into a podcast, so I'm going to have to say that the link is go.participate.com backslash Switchpoint. So please join in the conversation there. Um, I think, can people sort of, you know, add some ideas or, I mean, in terms of just having that conversation in between the Switchpoints, how do you see that going? So this is huge for us to have participate to use. And we have never had an option like this before. And so to have a community place where all of the alumni speakers, all of the people who've attended Switchpoint around the world can come together and continue those conversations at participate is a giant gift to us and to the community at large to kind of keep these things going forward. But we honestly also see it as a, a place where real work can get done, real things can get taken forward, and that we won't have what we have seen before, which is this kind of crescendo of an event and then a quietness afterwards. Instead, keeping the conversation going, right. uh, you know, unending conversation and a place where people can start their own conversations. We love the discussions model that you guys have where people can put their own ideas in, talk to each other. We don't have to share everybody's emails, but people can come together in a safe space and continue those conversations. Our, our very well-known famous speakers can be there and feel very comfortable and our completely new, you need to know them and they should be famous speakers can also be there at the same time. And um, it's just in this wonderful informalness that the online world has forced upon us all. Um, it's a great place to have conversations with, with really amazing people and to share your great ideas with those people to trigger things moving forward. So we, we love the Switchpoint, the Switchpoint Participate platform is something we've never had. And especially in this era of moving these all around, that, that creates the connectivity that we want to see where people can keep building. That's awesome. So other than the Switchpoint Participate site, how else can our audience connect with you, with IntraHealth, with SwitchPoint? Thank you, Mike, for asking that. So I would highly recommend everybody go to IntraHealth.org. It's I-N-T-R-A, health, IntraHealth.org. And it's got a great, they've got a great, great website with all the information about their projects. And um, and they really do range from um, PPE support for nurses all over the world to like really concrete program, programs on the ground. I, I did want to add that a lot of people who bought tickets for SwitchPoint this year had the option to be to get their money back or to donate that money to PPE for nurses all over the world. And mo most people donated it. I mean, that really, like, I'll never get over that. That was incredibly beautiful of people. Um, so intrahealth.org is where you go to find the main body of information. There are SwitchPoint links there. We do have our own independent website, which is switchpointideas.com. And you can sign up for newsletters in both of those places or find out more, or SwitchPoint participate site, which reflects all of that and is also embedded in the SwitchPoint website. So I, I really recommend it. I, I love this organization or I wouldn't have ever chosen to spend this much of my life working for them. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I think what Itchelf does is is critical and beautiful. Because I do think we sort of talk to a lot of organizations around building community, and I do think it really speaks to the appetite that IntraHealth has in really serving their communities to really be thinking outside the box all the time, um, especially for an organization that's been around for more than 30 years that has very tried and true sort of mechanisms for supporting communities around the world. So um, I think it's a really a good lesson for other folks as we're giving advice is like really having that openness to kind of trying these things um, to really build out. Yeah. I, so on our end, I will say that, that this is the first time we have felt as a global health organization that people see 
what frontline health workers really mean to global health security and all of our individual lives. So this has been our main mission is supporting capacity building for frontline and other health workers. Now the world knows how important it is to have people trained and safe in place, paid systems in place to support their work, support their own mental health and physical safety, because the repercussions, the ripple effect of a, of a safe and well-trained health worker helps us all at such a huge level. Finally, people see the value of that. Heather, thank you, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast and on the live stream. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to Participate. My name is Dr. Julie Kane. My co-host is the great Mike Washburn. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at participate.com. You can tweet us at, at participate. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found there at Julie Kane. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or in Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time.